This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about croissants. Croissants. As I was thinking about this, I was like coming up with all my favorite croissant memories. And I realized most of the things that are my favorite croissant memories, I'm not sure count as croissants. Oh. Which we will get into. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there is a precise definition of what a croissant is. And yeah, um, things that are croissant-shaped... I mean, the word means crescent, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess many things can be crescent-shaped, but... It's true. And so, yeah, the, one of the things that I used to love as a kid, um, and people are going to, they're going to groan aloud, but I loved those Pil- Pillsbury oh, crescent yeah, rolls. Oh, yeah, sure. Super buttery. Yeah. They're useful for, like, if you want to stuff things in there. Oh, yeah, they're tasty. Make those pinwheel things. Yeah, and it, and it's, it, you know, the the they come in those canisters that are so completely terrifying. They are terrifying. I'm glad you agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a little thrill of danger every time. <laughs> it is. You have to get the spoon and, like, oh, it's a whole process. <laughs> um, I used to love my, I think I've mentioned before, but my grandfather used to make pan au chocolat, which is, Crescent, a, a croissant with chocolate in it, but not really. But in my it's mind, it's the same dough. Yeah, in my mind, I always thought it was a croissant. Doing this episode, I learned <laughs> the error of my ways. <laughs> it's really funny too because I, I know it means like chocolate bread. Essentially, it's even in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's pretty much right there. But 
that's that, that's okay. They are delicious. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That mm. is just about. That is like one of my favorite foods on this planet. Mm-hmm. It was my go-to when I was living in Belgium, probably every day, and it was oh, like wow. so cheap. Oh my gosh! Oh. And then another thing I mentioned is um, I can't remember it was the Kit Kat episode. The Kit Kat croissant, fantastic. Oh man! If people in Japan, you gave me great joy, <laughs> <laughs> great joy with that invention. I, I should use one of these and make my own. But they're hard to make. They are hard to make. Um, that's that is why they are so delicious. Yes. Um, and we'll get into all that. But this brings us first to our question. Yes. Croissants. What are they? Well, a croissant is a type of viennoiserie made with laminated dough. Totally clear, right? Laminated dough. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's unpack that a little yes. bit. Um. The literal translation of the French word viennoiserie is a thing from Vienna. And you can probably tell just by that one sentence that our history section is going to be really interesting. But yes, uh, literally, thing from Vienna, viennoiseries are a category of French baked goods and or pastries that use yeast-risen dough that's richened with butter and uh, sometimes eggs or milk. They are rich and on the savory side unless you add fillings that are sugary. Uh, brioche also falls into this category. Uh-huh. Laminated dough, meanwhile, is a category of doughs that have been um, rolled out and then sandwiched with a thick layer of butter, then folded and re-rolled and refolded and re-rolled, creating a finished pastry that's made up of lots of thin layers of dough separated by thin layers of butter. They are flaky and tender. Puff pastry also falls into this category. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, a croissant is a rich pastry made up of lots of thin, flaky, buttery layers of yeast dough. Traditionally, they are cut into triangles and then rolled and baked into that crescent shape. And uh, yeah, you can use the same dough to make other shapes and you can add fillings, but I would not call the resulting pastries croissants. Nor would a lot of people I (laughs) I have discovered. (laughs) I'm very glad to know this now as I move forward in my future of croissants. (laughs) I hate, I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 okay. It's okay. We are all only human. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think when we first started doing this show, and I let you borrow that book, um, make the bread by the butter, something. Maybe it's other. No, no, it definitely. Yeah. Make, make the bread by <laughs> yes, the butter. Yeah, that, I still have that. I should probably give it back to you. No, no worries. Uh, this wasn't kind of like some weird shade thing to get you to <laughs> give it back. Um, I just remember in there the recipe for croissant. She was like, just. Just, just, buy just, just buy them. Just buy them. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Yeah. yeah. It um, is very complicated. It's a lot, but um, we, we've got a, got a section on that later on. Mm-hmm. There's a couple, like, like tricks that will kind of help. Ooh. But, some tricks. But it's still a lot of work. Yes. Yes. And uh, nutrition-wise, there's a lot going on there as well. Yeah, that layer of butter that you sandwich into the dough can be anywhere from like 25 to 60% of the amount of dough that you use. Oh. So so you can be dealing with really quite a lot of butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that butter means that croissants pack a caloric punch and about a third of your daily recommended intake of saturated fat in a single pastry. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean, you know, like fat fills you up, um, and there's some protein in there from the butter and wheat and milk. Um, so although it is in the treat category overall, um, you know, it's a more sustaining pastry uh, than something more sugary. 
Mm. <laughs> Next time you someone's giving you a side eye about your croissant intake, just be like, it's more sustaining than other pastries. <laughs> 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 I know this, what's up. <laughs> this is basically a protein bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's some nonsense I would try to pull. <laughs> um, so numbers, uh, the first results I got when I Googled croissant numbers were um, this, this croissant formula or formulas, there were multiples, um, for determining how many layers are in a croissant. And I even have a little picture here because I was so intrigued by it. Uh, yeah, yeah, depending on um, how tightly you roll it or, or yeah. how many rolls you do. I mean, but, but that's, you know, there's layers within those layers. Layers within layers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> layers all the way down. In the song I Am God, Kanye West raps about croissants. Quote, I am a god, so hurry up with my damn massage. In a French-ass restaurant, hurry up with my damn croissants. I am a god. And then, (laughs) in response, some bakers, I think, tweeted primarily at him with recipes and cooking times (laughs) for croissants, which is... So good. That's beautiful. That's that's. I'm gonna say the uh, an A plus use of Twitter. <laughs> yes, the chocolate croissant, or you know, not technically a croissant, but that pastry is the best selling pastry at Starbucks. Ah. that does not surprise me. No, not at all. Fifty percent of the croissants in France are what are called industrial croissants. So that means they're bought frozen and baked in house, which I think we've discussed before. Uh, French people kind of get mad about that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. There's a whole discussion surrounding authenticity and um, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So, yeah, it's – I just found a 32-page paper about the foodways of the croissant, and that is discussed in depth oh, in it. I believe it. Yeah. Um, there are all kinds of riffs on croissants nowadays. You've got the pretzel croissant, the infamous cronut, which is the croissant donut, mm, mm-hmm. um, the bagel croissant – I read about one made with rye rye flour. <gasps> it sounds so good. Wow. I got really excited about that. <laughs> um, and then I found I found an argument about the, the British croissant apparently is straight. Listeners write in. Oh. And it's it's a, a source of controversy, another yeah. food controversy. Of course. And also I, I read that the British use jam, which is highly frowned upon. <laughs> down. <laughs> That's, you do not do that. Um, like inside or or like I as think, a... I think they cut it open and put it in there. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know. I, I just was kind of startled at the length of this article about mm-hmm. the British are doing croissants wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, however you want to eat it. I don't, I don't judge. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's... The whole chocolate au pen thing, it, because it's not that shape, that crescent shape, which it does make sense with the name, <laughs> that is not called a croissant. Anyway, there are lots of uh, country-specific versions like Swiss's uh, Gipfele, the Polish Martins, glazed and topped with sprinkles for the feast day uh, for San Martino. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds lovely. It does. And, uh, yeah, the, the croissant has an interesting history. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes. Thank you. And we are back with another controversy. Yes. Because although the croissant... Is French. I mean, how French is it? How French is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not sure how excited people get about croissants, but I feel like pretty excited. So I, I feel like it's controversial, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Well, uh, okay, let's, let's present the facts. Yes. Yes. Um, because, as you might have guessed from the name, the translation that Lauren gave, at the, at the top, um, the croissant most likely was a fancy import to France from Austria. Um, so not from France, really. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> let's yeah, let's just move on. You 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 could say you could say that it was imported from Austria and um, finalized in yeah. France. Oh yes, let's we'll say that. <laughs> But uh, let's get into some of this, the the nitty-gritty of this croissant history. Yeah. The spiritual predecessor of the croissant, the Kipfel, originated in 1683. And the Kipfel is a baked good in the shape of a crescent, featuring a lot of butter and lard and sometimes sugar, sometimes almonds. The legend goes that the Kipfel arose as part of a celebration after the Austrian victory at the Siege of Vienna. And you can see our pretzel episode for more about that. Ah, I love that this keeps coming up. I know. Like, thank you, bakers of Austria. You're, like, doing everything. (laughs) Yes. You were up early, and you heard some tunneling under your city, and you let people know, and pretzels and croissants. 
were involved somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's like a legend. But um, so the story goes that, yeah, after they, uh, these bakers who heard this tunneling alerted the authorities, there is this big celebration um, that the the crescent shape, there was this baked good they made specifically for the celebration in the shape of a crescent that was meant to resemble the Ottoman flag. Because they had, uh, yeah, uh, fought back the, the invasion of the... Ottoman Empire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's supposed to symbolize eating your enemy, Ooh. which is like pretty badass. That's great. Yeah. Croissants are way more metal than I thought. Right? Yeah. So next time, yeah, you're like, <laughs> eating protein, heavy metal. <laughs> That's a croissant. <laughs> That's the true spirit of the croissant. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, and just an aside, kipferl is the German word for crescent. Um, and some Islamic fundamentalists refuse to eat the croissant because it resembles their religious symbol. Hmm. However, the kipfel existed before this legendary event. A poem from 1227 CE mentions a crescent-shaped bread product given as a Christmas gift from bakers in Vienna to Duke Leopold. And moon-shaped breads go back centuries before that. I feel like we talked about that in our cake episode. We oh. talked about it in the dessert episode. Yeah. I think it was cake. Maybe maybe waffles? Maybe. Man, that's a throwback. Yeah. That was a old-timey. That was a hot minute ago. <laughs> it was. I love waffles. <laughs> I don't need to be thinking about that right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And another aside to throw in here, these days if you order a Kipfel in Germany or Austria, you're more likely to get a crescent-shaped cookie as opposed huh. to this kind of pastry croissant-type thing. Yeah. Hmm. But okay, let's give France some credit where credit is due. There's a popular legend that Marie Antoinette introduced the Kipfel to France when she was feeling homesick for Vienna. Ah. Fun story, but there is no real evidence for it. Oh. Yeah, but you know, (laughs) fun little thing. Yeah. Whatever the case, the Kipfel did make its way to France. And if we go back a bit to 1838 and Austrian August Zang, he moved to Paris, France, and opened the first Viennese bakery in the city called La Boulangerie Viennoise. It was well-liked and well-advertised, and it had these spectacular window displays that people adored. And, of course, he sold Kipfel, possibly given a lovely sheen thanks to a steam oven, okay. which I find very—I uh, just like thinking about old-timey, how you found your <laughs> ways around things that oh. now we just take so much Super for, for granted. Cold. Yeah. yeah. And despite having what sounds like a very successful bakery, he shut it down after a couple of years and relocated back to Austria, where he founded that country's first daily newspaper, and he made bank. Also, he worked in the banking industry and the mining industry. He was a man of many interests. All right. (laughs) And uh, there's an elaborate tomb in Vienna's Central Cemetery to him, and um, no mention of the, the croissant. Huh. Would love if people who've been there had taken pictures. Oh yeah, sent them our way. It sounds like it's pretty, that's, pretty spectacular. That's awesome. Okay, all right. But so he had set up this sort of uh, trend for Viennese style pastry in Paris. Yes, it kind of reminds me of like, <laughs> which is so funny. But the cronut, like, <laughs> it sounds like it was kind of this trendy bakery to go to, and that yeah, yeah. After even after he left. The love of Kipfel had didn't. By the 1840s, you could find a dozen or so bakers making Viennese breads and pastries. It didn't take long for the croissant to be adopted as a 
breakfast food. Charles Dickens even mentioned, quote, the dainty croissant on the boudoir table after visiting Paris in 1872-ish while simultaneously calling out the dismal monotony of English breakfast foods. Oh. Yeah. Dang. The first written mention of the croissant in French could be found in Anselm Payen's 1853 De Substance Alimentaire. The first recipe for croissant-ish, because it wasn't quite what we would call a croissant today, appeared about 50 years later in Joseph Favre's Dictionnaire Universel de Cuisine. At the 1889 World's Fair, which is the one the Eiffel Tower was built for, oh, wow. mm-hmm. croissants made their grand debut. I mean, they'd already debuted, but this was like a big deal. The grand debut. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of theatrics today. That's good. It's good. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. Because you're about the only one who can see them. (laughs) Hey, it helps the production. Even if it doesn't make it into the the final product, I Mm -hmm. think that the the, the emotion is there. We're both gesturing about the emotion. Yes. And I I imagine you listeners know that gesture. You know the emotion gesture. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 1963, a little old company called Pillsbury launched their refrigerated crescent rolls and debuted Poppin' Fresh, a.k.a. the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't know if I knew his name was Poppin' Fresh. I I feel like they should bring that back because that's great. It is. It sounds like how you would... Lamely, if it was me, describe like a, a song you heard. Yeah, pop and fresh. Pop and fresh. Or like shoes, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picturing that like he he's dressed much more like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in, <laughs> in this version. Anyway, somebody make that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, with the help of industrialization and the introduction of pre-made frozen dough, a century later, um, this is a century from I've really messed up the timeline. Um, a century from the World's Fair. So, yeah, like around the same time that this Pillsbury thing was happening, we croissants, which had kind of been this fancier, luxurious thing, became more readily available. And they were croissanteries, uh, these takeaway croissant places that started showing up across France. Yeah, and this really uh, kicked in around the late 1970s. Um, some historians see this as a way for France to to sort of take back their culinary scene because around that time, American fast food joints had started popping up. And uh, croissanteries countered that by offering sandwiches made with this, you know, very French base of a croissant. Mm-hmm. Although this demand also led to further industrialization and innovation and wider popularity, which would serve to further distance croissants from their origins. stuff. Mm-hmm. So much layers upon layers, like you said. <laughs> layers upon layers. In 1981, Sarah Lee came out with their frozen croissants, and they quickly became a bestseller. And then seeing this, fast food chains like Burger King and Arby's started offering croissant breakfast sandwiches. And by 1984, the New York Times ran with a headline claiming that the Americanization of the croissants had begun. And then, uh, yeah, further proof, the Corona. I feel like that's a pretty Americanization of the oh, croissant. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's related. It's not. I would say it's probably not a croissant. It's definitely not a croissant anymore, but it came out in 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? So, so soon and yet so far. I, I know, I know. Um, it is interesting. I hadn't, 
I, I guess I just like internalized this, but I had never really considered it. But how the the croissant is just this kind of symbol of France. I think if you just ask somebody to like come up with stereotypical, this represents France, mm-hmm. it would be a beret, uh-huh. a baguette, stripes, yeah, and a croissant. It's up there, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe this is just me, but I, yeah, I think that's the, that's the American perception, yes, for specifically sure. American yeah. perception. But yeah, the croissants like it's become this cultural icon in France. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> but so that that's about our history. Uh-huh. We've been teasing some science here. Yeah, and we will get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So... All right, there are a few science reasons why croissants are so tasty, uh, fluffy and flaky at the same time, and so rich and satisfying. It comes from croissants being a viennoiserie dough that's also laminated, as I was talking about at the top. This is really combining everything rad that was happening with French baking and pastry around the time that they were invented. And yes, there is a difference there between baking and pastry. Classically, French bakers were working with the heat of ovens to do their science-slash-magic, whereas pastry chefs were working with the chill of ice, with jellies and uh, uh, icings and fruit fillings, stuff like that. The trick of making a good croissant is to work with very cold dough and butter, and then to let the heat of the oven perfect them. And to talk about that, we first have to talk about yeast poop. What? Yeast. 
Viennoiserie dough is yeast risen, which means that you've let a colony of yeast grow in the dough. You feed them a little bit of sugar, and they'll poop carbon dioxide and flavor. The flavor part in croissants is usually pretty minimal. Um, you have to let a, a colony grow for at least several hours to really make enough flavor compounds to be super noticeable, at which point our ubiquitous friends, uh, lactic acid bacteria, are also probably involved. And I have read recipes that will have you do this, let, let it proof for uh, several hours to overnight, but it's optional. However, the carbon dioxide part is critical. These tiny air bubbles are what make baked goods fluffy. Mm. Mm-hmm. But hey, another thing that can make baked goods fluffy is butter and water. And follow with me here, because into and of themselves, uh, neither butter nor water are things that one would really describe as fluffy. Uh, both are almost entirely unlike, say, marshmallows. <laughs> yes. Um, but the moisture in each will evaporate when exposed to heat, meaning it will expand into steam. In baked goods, this can provide lift in a dough as long as the structure of the dough can support it. And in croissants, you've created hella structure because you have laminated the dough. You've made all those layers. Uh, the, the butter melts, and the moisture from it and from the dough itself will boil and evaporate out. The remaining fats and proteins from the butter coat each expanded layer of dough. And as the dough continues to heat, each of those layers cooks like a, like a panini in a press, um, except the press is made out of butter and hot air. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> And then as the, uh, as the pastry continues to heat, the starches and amino acids in the ingredients will react, producing the Maillard reaction, uh, browning. Mm. Oh, and I didn't really mention milk is one of the ingredients in the dough. It helps with all of this. Um, and so, yes, that's how you get fluffy, flaky, flavorful layers. Yeah, and you take that first bite and it crunches and then crumbs everywhere. Oh, it's all so messy. It's so messy. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are... There are lots of good guides to making croissants online. Uh, the important part really is keeping everything cold, like chilling your rolling surface, chilling the dough, chilling the butter, and and also making clean cuts when you create your triangles and being real delicate when you shape them so that you don't smoosh the layers. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to smoosh. You don't want to smoosh. You never not, – <laughs> not, not in croissants. Not in croissants. Other things smoosh, but yeah. no um, smoosh. No, no smoosh here. No smoosh here. Um, <laughs> And uh, and I wanted to, to give you guys a couple references that I found super interesting and helpful as I was pulling together these notes. One is that 32-page article um, about croissant foodways. Uh, it's called The Way of the Croissant, Traditional Perspectives on a Traditional Pastry. It's by one Rachel Hopkin and was published in the journal Digest, oh. <laughs> which is a journal of foodways and culture. Um, and... Yeah, that was great. And then there was a baking guide and fine cooking by one um, Robert Joran. Oh, it's got an umlaut. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. I've looked up so many French words today, and I'm butchering everything. Anyway, it's called Baking Light and Flaky Croissants. And it it's, it's it seems good. I haven't used his methodology, but he's very thorough in laying everything out. And uh, yeah, also just I, I apologize for my French pronunciation throughout this. I'm sure that some nice French speaker out there is just cringing. Yeah. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of pronunciation <laughs> for sure. That's our, we've been uh, living in fear of every other word. But I think, you know, we need to embrace. We tried. We tried our best. Yeah. Yeah. I, all, all, all mistakes are mine. No offense intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that that's 
That's about the end of the croissant. Um, would you ever try making one? Oh, now I kind of want to. This is precisely the type of like really nitpicky pastry oh, making uh-huh. that I enjoy doing. I also really enjoy making baklava, mm. um, which is which is different but similar. Like it's got similar physics that go on while you're baking it, but um, but but it wouldn't be considered this Viennese style pastry because you're not um, you're not rolling mm. like you are with croissant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just just the idea, just the sheer mental image of like rolling out dough and then putting a slab of butter half the size of that dough down and folding, just making that butter, that initial butter sandwich. Yeah. Is just so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you you've, you've tried? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I remember reading that the entry in the book that we mentioned um and she was pretty flat out unless this is something you're like super excited about do Don't. not. <laughs> Cuz I mean the whole the premise of the book is like calculating the cost of ingredients and then the cost of the time to yeah, make like the it. labor, yeah. Yeah. And, and whether or not it's more cost effective. Mm-hmm. So we're not like telling you don't do it. If you want to do it, oh, do yeah. it. Oh, please, please do it. Yeah. yeah. Take pictures and send us. Yes. Um, but it was more like if if you're just thinking, well, I'll try croissants and you're not super excited about it, maybe don't do that. Yeah. I think there was like two recipes in there that she, I don't want to say failed, but like, didn't, oh. <laughs> like she couldn't get to work. Oh, yeah. And I, croissant might have been one of them. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I I would, I I after my disaster making buttermilk biscuits and marshmallows, I think that uh, I will gladly help you if you ever decide to do it. Oh, we still need to have we still need to have a because I can totally help you out with that. Anyway, okay, um, yeah, uh, that's what we have to say about croissants. Yeah, next time you bite to a croissant, just remember how metal it is. <laughs> Be like, <"Tuff." laughs> I like it. I like it. You can use the most weights. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> this brings us to listener layers. Layers. <laughs> so many layers. <laughs> um, Jane wrote, I'm from Dunedin, New Zealand, and while I could care less about whether Pavlova is originally an Australian or New Zealand thing, apart from to say that Oz can have Russell Crowe and we'll keep the pub. <laughs> I can confirm one thing. It's delicious. As it is summer here at Christmas time, it's my family's go-to for our Christmas dinner dessert. My birthday happens to be a week after Christmas, and I have been known to request my mom whips up one for that celebration, too. She only got a standard mixer a couple of years ago, and before that, whipped with an electric hand beater, so it has always been a labor of love and not to be trifled with. (laughs) We see what you did there, and we like it. Christmas just ain't Christmas without it. My mom's version tends to be a crisper, flatter pav than those marshmallowy ones sold in stores like Cowles, but it is much preferred by my family for sure. The eggs are laid by her hens, and the pav is always topped in fresh whipped cream and fruit, usually locally picked raspberries and blueberries, and is a perfect finisher to a summery Christmas lunch. Oh, that's amazing. That's, That's so awesome. delightful. It is. Oh, say hi to your mom's hens for us. Yes. Send pictures. Oh, my goodness, The yes. pet pictures have been, they've been coming in, oh, and we love it. So. It's the best. Yeah. Mm. Matea wrote, 
I just listened to your food TV episode and your mention of dinner and a movie on TBS brought back fond childhood memories. You see, for some bizarre reason, TBS was broadcast in southern Ontario for many years. I think every person in that region can fondly remember the channel and how it used to play amazingly rewatchable movies like Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump and Braves Games. Today, I know considerably more about Georgia than I ever thought I would. TBS, several years ago, was replaced by Peachtree TV, a vestige of its former self, uh, no more saved by the bell in the mornings or dinner in a movie. Mm. Sad face. Mm-hmm. Annie, I have a perfect egg-boiling recipe for your mother. Place eggs in a pot, cover them with water. Put the pot on the stove and place a lid on top. Bring the water to a rolling boil, and as soon as it comes to a rolling boil, turn off the heat. And this is important— Do not take the eggs off the stove for 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, take the eggs off, cool immediately, and peel. Perfect eggs every time. I have so many experiments to try. (laughs) I'm going to get out my onion goggles. Even though it doesn't make any sense, I'm going to use them (laughs) and take some notes, try all these ways, and then then I'll go present my findings to my mother, and maybe she won't hate boiling eggs as much. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, if it results in more deviled eggs, then that's great. Or in a happier mother. Both are good. Both are <laughs> Deviled <laughs> eggs first. Mother's <laughs> happiness. Oh, I'm second. sorry about my priorities there. That's I'm a bad person. No, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, I, I too saw uh, Shawshank Redemption for the first time on TBS. Oh, I'm positive that. That yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So Highly many edited, but oh yeah, yeah. That and um, Breakfast Club. So many movies that like when I saw them again, mm-hmm. not in their edited for TBS format. Yes, I was like, this is a different film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> things make more sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, thank you so much to both of them for writing in. Yes, and if you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saberpod.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.